Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Attacking 2. I'm your host, Jimmy Funnel, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow host, Andy Martin, and my returning guest and now free agent, Lawrence, from formerly from 100% Chelsea and now with his own channel. Uh, we will also be linking his new channel, his YouTube channel, in our description, which you will then see below. Uh, Lawrence, great to have you come on. Well, yeah, thanks for having me on again. Like you say, a free agent now. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's after obviously that result yesterday, it's maybe not the greatest of times, but still better than, say, three weeks ago. So, <laughs> Very true. We've got, uh, as said, as Lawrence already said, we've got a bit of uh, mi uh, mixed emotional uh, episode planned where we will be reviewing yesterday's game. We will be previewing the next game. And talking about Chelsea's chances of reaching those Champions League spots and, of course, all the new recent news revolving around Eden Hazard and Zinedine Zidane being appointed Real Madrid manager. Um, as always, there's only one question. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Okay, let's get straight into this, boys. Um, yesterday was kind of a mixed bag of emotions, as said. We equalised in the last second. That was kind of a great moment. But then, of course, the sobering moment came back when we thought, well, actually, we only drew. And this is actually very detrimental to our hopes of reaching that top four spot. Um, what were your first thoughts after the, the final whistle? Well, final whistle. <laughs> the final whistle. Jesus Christ, that's the German creeping in. Lawrence. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like you said. It was just really frustrating, a really frustrating game. I mean, you know, I think there's been a lot of mixed reactions, you know, within the fan base to the result, to the game itself. I think, to me, it just feels like it was one of them ones, if you want to call it that, because... Yes, we didn't create a lot of chances, but we also denied a clear penalty in the first half, like how it is in the penalty when his arm is up there. I will never know. Um, you know, which makes a big difference. If we score that, I feel like we'd probably win that game 2-0 or so pretty comfortably, probably, because Wolves didn't even really try to attack, um, which was a bit interesting. And then we conceded from one, well, it wasn't one individual mistake, but it was one moment where multiple players made mistakes. And then we get unlucky with Aspilicueta slightly deflecting Jimenez's shot, which I think Kepa probably saves otherwise because he's going the right way and Jimenez didn't get a lot of power on it. So it was just mistakes and on, you know getting unfortunate. And then we just had to well bring it back. Sadi did make changes that he's never made before, which was interesting. Obviously down to how Wolves played and how they simply just parked their back eight, basically. Um, but, you know, we did do that and it, we did get a late equaliser at least. One point is still better than no points. I, me personally, I don't think it's necessarily the end of our top four hopes. Like, I, you know, we still have that game in hand. Yes, we go to Anfield and we go to, um, obviously, Old Trafford as well. But, you know, Spurs still go to Liverpool. Spurs still go to Man City. United play us and Man City back-to-back. -back. You know, I feel like there's still everything to play for, if you will. I mean, Arsenal obviously look good, but Arsenal have slipped up against lesser so oppositions plenty of times in their history, or in recent times at least. And if I'm not mistaken, they also still play Wolves. And I think that has to be, you know, taken into consideration here because, yes, Wolves, they sound like, oh, they're just a promoted side and whatnot. 
Wolves are good. Wolves are good, especially against the top six sides because, you know, they know what they're doing. They're very good at defending. There's a reason they beat Liverpool in the cup. They got draws against um, Man City. I think they won at Wembley, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, against like, Spurs. Yeah, Wolves actually is unbeaten in London this season, which is quite a stat if you see Exactly. It. So, you know, it's even City got a draw against them. So it's not like, oh, Sarri is bad now because we got a draw against, you know, Wolves and every player is bad because we got a draw against Wolves. Wolves are good. Yes, it was a disappointing and frustrating result. At least we got a, you know, a goal back. I feel like we have to look at some sort of positives here because, you know, if you look at recent weeks, whenever we went a goal down, we basically collapsed and gave up and there was no hope of us ever getting back into that game. Yesterday, that was different. As soon as we conceded, I feel like the intensity improved. You know, you can talk about an issue with that being wise and the intensity there in the first place, but at least it improved rather than, you know, regressing in the sense. So that improved. We got our goal, even though it was not a lucky goal, but it took like a moment of genius, if you will, because it was a great strike by Hazard, even though I feel like Patrizia could have saved that. Um, but still, you know, it was it's some sort of positive, I guess, compared to other games where we went to goal down and, you know, really didn't go well. So in a sense, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not great for our top four hopes, but I feel like it's it's not completely over. Yeah, I mean, I think many will echo that sentiment, although there have been those calls that, oh, it was the worst performance ever. I mean, mm. short-term memories, if you think of that 6-0 thrashing a few weeks <laughs> back. So, uh, I mean, it certainly wasn't a good performance in the first half. It really wasn't. And that second half, it did um, uh, speed up a bit. I think what was also very much uh, influential was the substitutions he made, the in-game management. I mean, we can still talk about these team selection, but the in-game management was good. I mean, what what did you make of Sari's adjustments? I mean, not only now in regards to substitutions, but also he did change the system, which was basically a four-two-four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Andy, well, um, I was really delighted with the early substitution um, of uh, <clears throat> Rubilov's cheek coming on. I think that that changed a lot for us. We had more presence in the last third. Um, did create more chances, not the clear-cut chances you want, uh, but Wolverhampton made it hard for us. Echoes that shared before, he said that it was one of them ones. And I could feel it all day long that the first team that would score would not lose this game because it was a really tight matchup. And then, um, yeah, we were unlucky with that goal that Wolverhampton scored, and uh, we seemed to be chasing the game for, for all the rest of it. And... Uh, just a minute before um, we've scored, or Eden Hazard scored with a brilliant, um, with a brilliant uh, run into the box, and then obviously uh, bending it into the far corner. I was thinking we could play 180, 270 minutes, and we wouldn't score in that game because they were sitting so deep and were so uh, so brilliant at, at parking the bus. But yeah, sometimes it takes uh, a flash of individual brilliance and. Um, but the substitutions obviously um, did help. Um, I like that Jorginho went off for uh, went went off for uh, William. Haven't seen that before with Sari. Um, but yeah, it it gave us it gave us more of of an influence over the wings, which I was missing the whole game. Because when when you come up against an opposition that plays five at the back more or less, and then a bank of three in front of it, and and two players more or less molesting. Uh, Jorginho the rest of the time you have a, a two-on-one advantage on the wings if you play it yeah. cleverly yeah. which we did we didn't do we that had, all game yeah. yeah we had always our wingers cutting in for some reason played far too narrow and then 
Um, Emerson, uh, I like the guy, and also Aspilicueta, I like him as well, but they are really conservative um, wing, um, not, not even wingbacks, they are fullbacks. So if, if we had them like 10 yards more up front, uh, would have been, from a tactical approach, different game. But at the end, Wolverhampton, a bogey team for most of the top six sides, we come away with a draw, which we uh, didn't seem to get, at least after 90 minutes, we were hopeless. So um, under these circumstances, fairly happy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, can, I, can I just interject something here? Because course, yeah. I thought Andy made a really good point about the fullbacks because, you know, like Andy said, when you play against a team with a back five and then a back of, you know, midfield three in front of them, like I said, pretty much a back eight, if you will, within, what, 20, 25 yards of their own goal, mm. which is difficult to break down for anybody. But then when you get on the wings, because we use the wings plenty, but we started no build-up play there, like no link-up play there. It was the wingers had the ball and they were stood in front of two or three opponents and then just either tried to cross it with no hope of Higuain ever getting to that against three centre-backs, that there was no hope of that happening. Or they just passed it backwards to one of the full-backs. There was no link-up play happening. And, you know, it's the same with Kovacic. Kovacic in the final third is absolutely... It's basically like he doesn't play. It's basically like we have a player less once we get into the final third when Kovacic plays. He's a great player generally, Good passing, good movement. He's pretty strong as well. Holds the ball up well. But once he gets to the final third, it's like he doesn't exist in a sense. Kante didn't have a great offensive game. And both of the fullbacks, I mean, Emerson yesterday, to me, he played like he wanted Alonso to start ahead of him again. He was shocking. Like He did absolutely nothing. He's meant to be better than Alonso going forward. And then he does just as much of nothing. And when we concede, he walks. Why, is, why, why was he walking? I mean, I'm not saying he necessarily would have been able to inter- intercept that pass. But he was just walking. You know, he could have tried to sprint or something. Like, try. That was what we criticised Alonso for all the time. But now no one's criticising Emerson, and I don't understand that. I know we like Emerson a lot because Alonso is so bad. But, you know, if we criticise Alonso for the same thing, we need to criticise Emerson for the same thing as well. Um, and, yeah, obviously, like Andy said as well, when Doctor's cheek came on, that certainly made a difference. hudson Odoi didn't really make much of a difference. I would have, to be honest, preferred, you know, kind of jo- just Giroud coming on for... Um, Jorginho and William coming on for Pedro because I felt like we ended up crossing the ball so much might as well put another striker in the box because you know you're not going to score with you know William and Hudson-Odoi from the wings by the byline are you so I don't know that's just something I would have done um but you know it is what it is and we got a goal at least um two points on that boys um regarding Emerson being conservative I I I, I agree with you that him walking back on that on where we conceded that wasn't that wasn't something that we should just look over. That should be condemned. And if we're criticizing Alonso for that, uh, then he has to certainly be criticized. I'm very, I'm a very big supporter of Emerson, but that wasn't good. Uh, however, regarding him being conservative yesterday, watching him try to get up those flanks, he was out crowded there immediately. There was, is he could got to the uh, to the halfway line, then. Every step he took, he was crowded out. But to be fair, not only him, any of our players, they were sitting so deep. And, you know, you can't criticise them for that because when we went to Barcelona in 2012, you know, I couldn't give a shit if we played uh, well or not. It's just about results in football. And so I'm not actually going to condemn them for that. That's fine. Uh, They did well in that regard. But, you know, it's, it's very hard for those fullbacks to do something. I think even one of the world's leading fullbacks would have the problems if you're constantly being outcrowded. The problem is that you need your teammates to then make space for you and for themselves. And they didn't because the movement wasn't there. And Emerson, he 
in the second half, I agree in the first half, he was too uh, not very dynamic. But in the second half, he did try to come through to him sometimes, but he just, you know, ran into a cul-de-sac. It was impossible to get through because Hazard was shocking yesterday. I know he did score that uh, last goal, but he was he was completely off the pace. Uh, he was losing the ball and he was, you know, frustrated because, you know, his passing was non point. And, you know, on the left, if Hazard has a great day, Emerson plays even better. And that's the uh, thing. It was very tough for Emerson and also for Azpilicueta, but we know that Azpilicueta is more conservative. Now, only just to come to this second point briefly, I thought that Cho did give us, uh, Callum Hudson, though, I did give us width. We needed width there because, the, as Andy said, the cutting in, it didn't work. Just got, once again, outcrowded, can't get in there. And I think except one one opportunity we had where we, you know, there was the interplay was good and then we got through, but that was it. And mm. I thought, Cho, he can cross the ball. He's shown he can cross the ball. So I don't get why we, I, I, I like that Sari got to that 4-2-4 for, you know, putting in William there. But I would have liked to have seen Higuain go off and put on Giroud because with Callum Hudson-Doy crossing the ball in the way he does, I think, Giroud could have been, you know, on the end of one of those crosses. I know you, you're not an ardent supporter of Giroud, Lawrence, but I think in that situation that could have worked better because Hazard also plays off uh, Giroud better than... Of yeah, Giroud. but if you make the substitution, you can't take Jorginho off then. Well, no, that is true, but... Um... That's why I said bring Giroud on for Jorginho and then have two up front, two actual strikers. I mean... Pretty much, yeah. I, I understand, uh, understand what you're saying. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I, I generally just think that uh, in that situation, Giroud and uh, Hudson-Odoi linking up would have been better than what we had. How mm. we would have done that with the substitutions, I'm not sure. But Because uh, I can't remember the who got subbed off for who uh, anymore. I think Kovacic was subbed off for Loftus-Cheek, right? Mm. Yeah, Pedro for Hudson-Odoi. And Pedro then... for Hudson-Odoi, yeah. So it's a tricky one, but uh, generally... I don't know. It's it's tough. It's tough, but um, you know, we can't we can't change it anymore. But one thing we do have to look to now is our final schedule. So the run-in of games, uh, Arsenal by far has the easiest. They've got no more top six positions. They have got Wolves, uh, but. Generally, all the other teams, they do have quite a few generous home games as well. In the fortress Emirates, as they call it nowadays. Um, what are Chelsea's chances of ending up in the top four? I mean, Andy, <laughs> looking at the other teams, Tottenham does also have a trickier run in. Man United still has three. Well, no, actually now there are two games and they did lose against Arsenal. But Chelsea's chances... Do look slim. I know Lawrence said we still have a shot. Mathematically, mm. we do, but mm. about realistically. <laughs> well, um, the only thing that uh, makes me a little bit confident is the game in hand we have. Uh, obviously, a win would have helped massively. And uh, I think especially when we talk about now eight, nine games, uh, respectively, left of the season, you're talking a lot about uh, momentum. So if, you, if you're lacking behind and you have to make up and the games are getting, getting uh, rare and rare and you have only two left or so, teams crumble. So we have to make sure that we win our next two games. Uh, we have Everton, we have Cardiff away. 
um, these away fixtures have been problems for us. And uh, thinking of Bournemouth, <laughs> but um, Everton should not be a hard away day, considering they're still Everton, but they are also a Marco Silva team and doesn't work yeah. over there. Cardiff is fighting relegation, and that's also a problem when you got these kind of teams at the end of of the season. But yeah, I think uh, Tottenham is now the team with the most points on their accounts, but still the team with worst um, form. That can obviously change within eight games, but I don't think so. You know, I, I think it, it will be the season where Tottenham drops out. Um, Arsenal, when they keep up their home run, and especially with the rest program, they seem to be likely to make top four. And Manchester United has only lost their first league game with uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, and I'm expecting them. All right, they have Manchester City, I think, next or something, or, or within the next two games. Um, that can obviously be hard, but uh, I expect them to be in. So with that being said, I expect us to finish fifth or even sixth. Um, what makes me think that is two hard away days. Manchester United away, maybe the toughest away that you can have, uh, except for Arsenal these days. And then Liverpool, they are, they're still fighting. I mean, we can mess up the title challenge and that would be fun. Uh, do I expect us to do that? Not really. And then we have, with Watford, they can hurt, hurt you any day. And yeah, Leicester, West Ham. Yeah, I, I, I'm not convinced, you know, uh, but it's not over and there's a brink of hope, so. Uh, maybe we we will make it regardless. Yeah, I mean, I mean you mentioned momentum. I, I just because I'll, I'll bring this back to you, Lawrence, because uh, Andy mentioned momentum, and every time it seems that we've been able to build up some momentum, it's perished the next week. Like for example, we won against Man City in December. Everyone was jubilant. Wow, we won against the team where we thought we wouldn't win against them, and then we lost against Leicester in incredibly shit fashion the next week and it's been the same story for weeks and weeks how are we supposed to get some consistency in this how can sorry marita sorry get this team to be more consistent they have reacted uh they are trying to uh, play for the manager we can see this now uh despite some people on twitter thinking otherwise how can we get this team to be more consistent I mean, for me, there's two two big questions here in the whole thing for top four, which obviously we're still talking about. One thing, the one question is, did this late equaliser that we got keep our momentum or was the draw still enough to drop our momentum again? Because a late equaliser like that, even though we only got a draw, can still be kind of an initiator to keep that momentum going, go to Everton and win there, which would obviously be good, and take the international break which is after Everton, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then obviously see what happens after Cardiff, hopefully not pick up any injuries during the international break. And the other question is, what will that defeat to Arsenal do to Man United? Um, because what we also have to think about, you know, yes, we are in the Europa League, but still Man United are still in the Champions League and they're still in the FA Cup. Okay, they're playing Wolves, so they could get knocked out there, but they still have games to go and they already have about 50 injured players. So, how that's going to go for Man United, and that's why I personally think we will make top four probably alongside Arsenal, because I completely agree with Andy. I think Spurs, you know, their form, especially with them going to Anfield next, that, you know, most likely is going to be another three points dropped for them. This weekend? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I'm pretty sure their next game is, is Anfield. Uh, yeah, it's Liverpool away. 
So that is likely to be another defeat. Obviously, it could not be. We'll see. But, you know, it is likely, in my opinion. And then it just depends on how the form continues for us and Man United. I think Arsenal, like you say, with their good run, they've got two tricky games. Wolves and Watford away are tricky. Wolves in particular. Other than that, they should really be able to win all of their games, in all honesty. But you never know. They could slip up, you know. Worse, like stranger things have happened to Arsenal, let's be honest. Um, I mean, they lost 3 1 away to Rennes. I mean, who expected that? So, you know, who's <laughs> to say they're not going to lose some random game in the press? To be fair, there was a red card involved. That always does yeah. change the game. They could get a red card in the Prem. You never know. That, that's what I'm saying. But I do believe that Arsenal will make it, which I would never have expected at the start of the season, but fair play. Um, and I do think that we will be able to make it alongside them. Who's in third or fourth doesn't really matter. But it would just be great if Spurs could make some advertising boards saying the only place to watch Europa League in London. So, you know, that would just be lovely, that really. So, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know that you mentioned United's injuries and um, they do still have quite a few competitions they're in. But the thing is, their squad depth is at the moment better than ours, arguably. That's my personal opinion. I know they didn't look like that for a very long time this season, but Ole Gunnar just seems to get the best out of them, and they are responding to him. And you're right, they could, you know, it could be something that uh, gets rid of the momentum, but I don't think so. Uh, I think that they're still very much in this and they know that um, as soon as some injured players return like Phil Jones or something like that then Phil <laughs> Jones yeah. I love the example so you know that, that, that will be interesting to see but it's, it's a lot of you know ifs at the moment for Chelsea and something that will contribute to all of this you know not only will we end in top four will we not uh, the transfer ban, we now know that it will not be uh, granted to be frozen until after the summer. So we will not have the transfer window. So with the rumours emerging today, or not rumours, actually bullshit, it's really been confirmed that uh, Zinedine Zidane will be Real Madrid's new old manager. Um, it does seem as if Eden Hazard will be leaving. He's said as much so often in the past. Uh, if we drop out of the top four, we, or if we don't get into the top four, because we're already out of it at the moment, we don't win the Europa League, we don't have a summer transfer window, and Eden Hazard leaves, and, you know, Cherry on top, maybe even hudson Doy were to leave as well. Where do we go from there? Bloody hell. I'm going to start with that because <laughs> it, it, it's depressing, isn't it? I mean, with the whole transfer ban, obviously, I still expect us to go to court to appeal that decision by them not uplifting our transfer ban while the investigation is ongoing because of the whole situation of, you know, the decision being completely different with Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid and Barcelona, which Chelsea, according to their statement, are clearly very furious with. Totally understandable, in my opinion. It just doesn't really make sense by the FIFA, in all honesty. So I'm pretty sure we will take that to court. How that, you know, will end, we don't know. But at the moment, we just have to take it as we won't be able to sign anyone. And with Hazard looking likely to leave, because especially if we don't make top four, there's no chance he signs a new contract. And if he does doesn't sign a new contract, I mean, we just have to sell him. We cannot turn down a hundred plus million, you know, and then sell him for free next summer. Like we cannot do that. 
And it's similar with Hudson Odoi. If he refuses to sign a new contract, although he might actually want to stay if Hazard leaves because that means he plays probably. Um, but, you know, if he doesn't want to sign a new contract, we also have to take those 30, 35 million we can get for him. Like, we have to. And then we get going to next season with Pulisic, William and Pedro. We have three wingers. And then what, <laughs> what are we going to do? Bring bring Moses back from Fenerbahce and start him every game or what? Great. Ah, it, it's it's a great time. Bring bring Batshuayi and Murata back and Bakayoko to play Regista backup because we didn't sign any Regista backups and Kovacic we can't sign. So this is all looking great. Um, like yeah. at this stage, we might as well not make top four. I mean, <laughs> winning the Europa League is always back. great. Yeah, Bakayoko won't be. I mean, I know you. It was half jokingly, but uh, Bakayoko they of course have an option to buy, and if they can scrape somehow the funds together, they True. will buy him. The same will be for Morata. So. You know, those two, I don't think we should land with them anymore. Um, Bashwai, you know, we have two strikers well above 30. Maybe Bashwai is our best chance of somehow <laughs> getting something out of our attack. You know, it's no other choice. I mean, yeah, Tammy no, Abraham is the other one, but other than that. True, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But the register thing, sorry to bring that back up, that just didn't right. me. We don't have anybody and we just refuse to replace Fabregas in January. And now it seems like we won't be able to replace him in the summer. And because of the transfer ban, we won't even be able to actually sign Kovacic on a permanent deal. So yeah. I'm like, like what <laughs> am I thinking? Surely... Danny, drink water. <clears throat> Great. I can't wait. I mean, the thing, the thing is, uh, Lawrence, um, will we even need a backup register come the summer? <laughs> yeah. If that we don't is, make uh, Champions I, League, I fair enough. Talk about that, really, because I don't want to even contemplate sorry leaving at the moment because there's no point. Uh, you know, you could have been sorry in or sorry out on the fences about that uh, before this um, uh, this FIFA statement saying, "Yeah, we're not going to freeze it for you." But now, we, which which manager will want to come in at Chelsea Football Club at this moment in time? Oh, an absolute. I got sitting for do it. Don't worry. Who? Gassidig. He'll do it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, the thing is, that's about the level of manager that would come in. No other would be able to come in. The no other, the other one in. is Blanc. Other than Blanc, there's no one that would. Like Blanc, probably not, but he's the only other one that's a feasible option, especially now with Zidane obviously taken up again. Yeah. Is, yes. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I'm not, I don't like Blanc for numerous reasons, but you're right. That will be the only other viable option. Um, but what do you guys think? Let's start with Andy, then go over to, to Lawrence. What are the chances of Hazard staying? I mean, people do like to name the Griezmann uh, staying at Atletico yeah. uh, example, but, you know, he didn't really have a bond with Barcelona the way Hazard has. What do you think? Well, you see, I think there's, there's three reasons. Um, and maybe I'm in dreamlands, but I think tr- three reasons why, why he, would, he would stay. He's now seven years at Chelsea Football Club. All right, this might be the last chance to earn the big dosh and go away and win something and win something individually. But will Real Madrid be the club where you can be the standout player, where you can lift the big trophies and win individual trophies like the Ballon d'Or? Definitely not in future days. Look at their squad you have all the major players are on the wrong side of 30 you have then a handful players who are decent but not decent enough to to beat barcelona over the next two or three years 
And if you really want to be there and be be the main star, which Eden Hazard would instantly be at Real Madrid because their squad is uh, in the rebuilding uh, phase, um, then you have to you have to consider that he needs someone alongside him. You know, when when Cristiano Ronaldo went there, they signed Kaká, they signed Benzema, they've signed Tony Cruz. I think one year later, they've signed um, Modric, and so on and, and so further. So. When they are prepared to spend the big money and they tell Eden Hazard that, there might be a point where he, he would go. But under the current circumstances, with the current squad, the now new manager, that would be a reason why he would go. I don't see an absolute necessity. On the other hand, he can earn a big, big amount of money at Chelsea. And he could prove that he's loyal. And now with seven years of being here, you could say... Griezmann was at, at Atletico Madrid for three or four years at the point where they had a transfer ban and he decided not to leave. So can I demand it from Eden Hazard to, that he wants to stay um, for the good of the football club? Not really, but is there maybe a chance that he does it, as, uh, does it regardless? I think there is. And one more point. Um, do we need a, a regista in the summer? I think... Uh, when we get top four, and I'm not convinced, I told her before, Sari will stay and Eden Hazard will stay. If we're not, uh, both are going to leave. Well, both are going to leave? Yeah. All right, fair enough. I mean, actually, I wouldn't agree with just before uh, I, you know, you answer the same question, Lawrence. I just want to interject that I don't think that Sari will leave in the summer, regardless of whether we get in Champions League for. And, and actually, one more thing. Because of the sole transfer ban, because they that would be absolutely ludicrous from the board uh, for this long term plan that they have yeah. established. And Granoskaya does seem to like Sorry. Okay. Um, I don't think they would. Yeah. You know, one more thing. Uh, I wouldn't be that critical on on, on the whole uh, state of the football club when all uh, right, we have we have uh, our worries in the transfer market. We can't buy players in the summer, and so. Well, we don't know it at, at this point, but um, I think if we have to change managers and if Eden Hazard leaves and everything goes down the train, it, it is not even that bad because uh, you're talking about that's the level of manager. Gus Hitting is the level of manager we're going to get in. We're absolutely hopeless. It is maybe the first chance for now 20 years that we can actually rebuild this football club from top down, uh, 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 top, yeah, top down, bottom up. However, I think um, with now managers being successful that more or less grew out of their club, Solskjaer, uh, Zidane, Guardiola in even uh, the days before, maybe we should try it as well. Not sign a, a, a top star manager, uh, someone who has achieved great things on the European stage. Maybe we should hand it over to, to Frank Lampard and, and take it as a chance where we can uh, finally maybe get all the dead wood out and, and, and start from scratch. But we have to be, we have to be um, prepared to not win anything for a couple of years and Chelsea Football Club isn't prepared to do so. So maybe that is unlikely, but it wouldn't be the end of the world for me. Lawrence? I mean, you know, just continuing on from where Andy just left off. I mean, I'm not sure about... Because to me, getting Sarri in last summer was the start of this rebuilding process that you're mm. on about right now. To me, that was the start of it. And getting Lampard in now, I mean, he just lost 4-0 to Villa. Do you know what I mean? 
he, he's not ready to be at Chelsea. I'm not saying he's never going to be. Definitely not. He will be. I'm certain of it. But I'm not sure right now is the right time. And I feel like it would just be the chances of him just... Be, look, look at Chelsea fans. Look at Chelsea fans in the ground. I know none of us three are lucky enough to be there week in, week out. But when you hear the F Sari ball, when you hear the, you know, Jorginho is shit and all these kind of songs and sing and singing and just statements by the fans... You know, I mean, yes, Lampard would have a bit of a longer, like, leash, if you will. But eventually, if he loses the first, what, two, three games or whatever, or if, you know, we are, what, seventh, eighth come October, the fans will turn on him as well. I mean, there's no rationality with Chelsea fans. Zero. So, you know, I'm not really sure how much good would come from that. I I completely understand the idea. And it's probably the dream idea we've all had since Terry, Lampard, Jogba and whatnot left the club. I'm just not sure whether right now is the right time. But as for Hazard, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, Andy's completely right in the things that he said. Um, the only difference, I guess, is that I think Griezmann had more than one year left on his contract when Atletico had their ban. So Atletico were less self-forced to agree to anything than we are right now. Because I feel like it's not even necessarily just down to Hazard. I mean, Hazard, I think, in the situation that he's in and what he said in interviews, he's... Happy to go and happy to stay in a sense. Yes, he will make his decision, but I think he's happy either way. But Chelsea isn't really in a position anymore to turn down anything come from £100 million upwards. We're not in that position because next season, unless some miracle happens and he signs a new contract throughout the next season, which I think is very unlikely, because, I know, he'll be, what, 29 next summer, like in summer of 2020. You know, Madrid would probably snap him up still. They'd probably pay him half a million a week. <laughs> I mean, he, they wouldn't pay a penny for him to, to sign him. So, you know, there would be a lot of you know things coming into that. The other thing is, obviously, will Real Madrid try to sign an even bigger star than him? And only if they don't get him, then sign Hazard. Yes, Zidane likes Hazard, but I'm sure Zidane also likes Mbappe. I mean, he's French. So, if there is a chance they'll try to sign Mbappe, I think there's no chance of them getting him. I think there is a chance of them getting Neymar. They can't sign two left-wingers. That's not happening. And they already have Vinicius Jr. there, who's one of the brightest talents in world football, in my opinion, um, because he's ridiculously good. He doesn't have end product yet, but his ability is unbelievable. Um, you know, I mean, in my opinion, they should bank on him and actually buy a right-winger and a striker because Gareth Bale, Vasquez, Benzema, they're all useless. Vinicius, they actually have someone there that could be something good. So, if anything, they should be signing everywhere but left-wing. So, you know, and you know, and he's right. He's been here for seven years. Maybe that's enough for him to make him say, all right, we have a transfer ban now. You know, it is only two windows, so next summer, I guess. But he could sign a new contract, and I guess, you know, we could still send him next summer, in theory, just because he signs a new contract doesn't mean he's necessarily forced to stay, but we're forced to get money for him next summer. Is there a chance? Yes, but I do think the chances of him leaving to Real Madrid this summer are a bit bigger than him staying. You know, mm-hmm. not, not, not necessarily a lot bigger, but a bit bigger. Uh, I think there's also one uh, possibility that has been more or less uh, discarded. Um, I wouldn't be so sure about the club not saying, you know, we've got this ban. We know how important Eden Hazard is for this club. And we would have accepted the 100 million bids, but we'll just have to let him run out his contract because of the circumstances. You never know. You know, if he, we do let him run out his contract, he will leave to Real Madrid. That would be, of course, a huge blow financially. Don't get me wrong. But we'd have him during the transfer ban because as soon as he leaves, we can immediately sign a new player because it will be this summer and the January transfer window. Because 
even though this whole procedure is still running, uh, this summer will already count as one of those windows, either retrospectively or it will already be ongoing, the ban, whatever. Yeah. They then and, then, and then I'm sure we'd probably not appeal it for January. We'd just like say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll have the ban next January. We'd probably not even appeal it if this summer happens. It wouldn't make sense to, yeah, exactly. It wouldn't make sense to appeal it then, of course. Um, the thing is also because of this lasting, you know, it'll take about six months we're definitely not going to have this summer transfer window. I think we can already prepare for that. That won't happen. So in that regard, letting his contract run out and then just get a new, more or less, you know, a replacement. Because let's face it, Christian Pulisic is not a replacement for Eden Hazard. Not even close, you know. He's on the right wing, uh, at you know, foremost anyway. And that, that would be, no, no, definitely And not. also he's not that good. That is the I mean, he's point, good, so. but he's not that good. He has found a bit of a scoring form now. He's scored two goals in the last like four or five games, which isn't bad for him scoring only 11 in 100 before. But um, my point and is... never starting. Yeah, yeah, he never starts as well. That's true. But um, point being, it is a possibility that Eden Hazard might just stay until the end of his contract. You know, it would, of course, be uh, a payday that goes missing for the club, but under the circumstances, the really bad circumstances we're in, I, I don't think that is, it is a bad option, but it's not our worst option. I think selling Hazard and then having no replacement, Callum Hudson-Doy is ready to compete with him and is ready to get more minutes, but to start week in, week out would be pressure on this kid that, you know, has such huge boots to fill in Hazard. If he doesn't do that in a, you know, in the the year where we have to get back into the Champions League once again if we don't get in this year I don't know that that I, I can't see that happening that would be such a huge clusterfuck of a situation if it does happen I, I I really do think it'd be better to just let him run out his contract if he doesn't want to sign a new one and then he can get a free agreement this summer with Real Madrid maybe maybe even you never know I mean he is too old but maybe even Real Madrid pays us like just a little bit of those 100 million, let's say 30, 40, and then loans him back to us for a year. I mean, that's crazy. I don't think that will happen, but you never know, you know. It's, it's... Would, that be, would that be allowed? Yes, because we don't... Let, we're clutching at straws here. People. We're not allowed to register people. We're, we can buy mm. 10 players this summer. We're just not allowed to register them. It'd be the same as with Atletico when they bought Costa in... What was it, August? And then it took them yeah. half a year until they... Yeah, sure, but, but would we be able to register Eden Hazard? Once we sell him and then reloan him, I don't think we oh, can do that. good point, good point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, I didn't think that through. Um, no, well, then it could be more or less this kind of agreement, you know, behind closed doors where they say this will happen more or less. You never know. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. Uh, okay, let's, uh, at the end of this video, let's just quickly preview... Our Europa League game, the second leg against Dynamo Kiev, we won 3-0 in the home leg. They didn't really put up much of a fight. Um, that was arguably our easiest game of the season. Really did feel that way. Yeah, um, that and Pauk, probably. Yeah, 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 that's true. The Pauk one, the, uh, the second one, right? Yeah, yeah the home one. Um, Europa League does seem as if it's the safer route. You know, with our, if Arsenal does get kicked out, uh, to Ren, it's Napoli and Seville. That's it. That's the only stern opposition we have. Not disregarding all the other clubs, they could, you know, compete. Don't get me wrong, but those are the big boys. Then with us, 
Should I mean, be... Sevilla did they get a home two-all draw with Sparta Prague? So I'm not sure. Slavia. <laughs> Slavia. Well, sorry, Slavia Prague. Aren't they a worse team anyway? <laughs> Usually, I don't know. Yeah, but you know, it doesn't sound like the biggest of you know forms sure. that Sevilla is. I feel like Frankfurt is still a good opponent, and Inter, whoever yeah. goes through there. Um, but other than that, yeah, hopefully Arsenal go out. That'd be lovely. Lawrence, don't forget, teams turn into Real Madrid's prime Real Madrid when they play against us. It, you know, it sounds stupid, but it really is the case. You know, it's just that kind of aura that uh, Chelsea Football Club uh, has for other clubs. But yeah, no, you're right. Frankfurt and Inter is a in, But to be fair, Inter really crap at the moment. They are not going through a good spell. They are in turmoil themselves. Um, so I wouldn't mind them even before Adi Hitters Frankfurt because they're actually on fire at the moment and they have a oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. potent strike force. So uh, let's start with you, Lawrence. What do you think? Um, let's say predictions. Uh, will there be a lot of rotation? Should we now concentrate on the Europa League? Should we put all our eggs in one basket? I mean, what a game. Aren't we all excited for this game on Thursday? Yay, can't wait. I mean, I, I do hope for a lot of rotation. I do hope that we're going to leave the likes of Hazard, the Jorginho, and a couple of others. Just leave them in London. Don't even bring them. Like, you know, if we fall down to that, all right, so be it then. But if we don't ever give them a break, they'll be dead by the time we get to Baku anyway. So, you know, you need to give them a break at some point. And not flying to Kiev would certainly be helpful. You know, in that sense. Yeah. So at least Hazard and Jorginho, I think they, they should certainly stay at home. About any others, I'm not sure. I mean, Kante is probably fine. He doesn't know how it works to be tired. So um, that'd be <laughs> fine. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's true, though. And I do hope, yeah, for, you know, some rotation on the pitch. I mean, is that a game for Ethan Ampetit? Do you finally get a game again? I'd say so. Just start him right centre mid. Rest, rest Kante. Don't start him at centre back. For me, anyway, but starting with right centre mid just to rest Jorginho and Kante because if you don't start Ampadu, we can't rest Jorginho and Kante in the same game. That doesn't work otherwise because we don't have enough midfielders. And then Ruben still isn't fit to play 90 minutes. Maybe he's fit to play 60 and play the first hour and then come off. Maybe we could do that on Thursday. I don't know. Obviously, his back situation, that would be good. Hudson Doy has to start. There's no debate. He has to start that one. Giroud oh, yeah. would probably start again. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like 2-1 win, one all draw, something like that. We'd probably get, I feel like. So what would your, to, to finish that off, uh, what would your lineup be? I mean, I mean, I guess you could play Caballero. You could play Jamie Cumming. You could play Martin Bulke. It doesn't really matter, in all honesty. Rock <laughs> Green. <laughs> yeah, Rock Green, why not? I mean, yeah, Kepa probably staying goal because he's probably flying along because he's a goalkeeper. So what's the big deal? Um, Sabacosta has to play, start Alonso just so Emerson plays again on Sunday. Christensen has to start, for God's sake, just play Gary Cahill, because why the hell not? I mean, he's not going to, but just do it. It doesn't matter. Mm. Like, just rest Luis and Rüdiger, because why not? Uh, midfield have Kovacic as the regista, Amparu and Loftus-Cheek, if he can start, if not, Barkley. Mm. Um, and then you'll have William and Hudson or Doi with Drew starting up front. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, that's what, what I'd go for. It's not what we're going to see, but it's what I'd go for anyway. I think it won't be that far off, actually. But Andy, what, what would you say about the game, about the general, you know, Europa League, how important is it? Um, and also predicted lineup at the end. Four words. 
bring back Gary Cahill. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Um, no, in all honesty, uh, we should take the game as what it is. We, 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 we should not waste our energy on this game. I'm, I'm fully uh, on, a, <clears throat> on, on, on the boat with Lawrence here. Um, certain players shouldn't be flying over. Uh, we should play a second string team. Still good enough and still um, attacking minded enough to score an early goal, maybe within the first half. And then everything is done and dusted. Kiev would need five goals. Uh, that's not going to happen. So please not... Well, Sari wouldn't do that anyway, but please not play a defensive-minded uh, team and, and make make some stupid mistakes again. Um, I'm not sure about... Uh, maybe this would be the game... We, we've said it. We've said it about so many games in the last couple of weeks. This would be the game where Callum Hudson always starts. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. It will be William and Pedro, I guess. That would just be depressing. I mean, come on. If, you, one, if he doesn't once start... Again, him... Once again. <laughs> I, I, like, yeah. I love start, yeah, but that is... Just, but, come on, can't do that. <laughs> because, because, Jimmy, you've said it before, we should um, make the Europa League maybe our first priority, but it's just not necessary in that game that we put on, on our first 11. So just... For the prediction of that game, mm. one nil win, one all, okay. something mm. like that. Okay, and predicted lineup. And predicted lineup, um, pretty much go along. Like I, I do it the other way around. I, I do it. Um, I get this the sorry mindset and uh, think about what he's going to do. So I think it will be Kepa, Aspilicueta. Um, Christiansen and Rüdiger, mm-hmm. um, Alonso, uh, Kovacic, Barkley, Kante, and then uh, the three up front will be um, William, Pedro, and Shuru. Okay. I mean, I would be triggered if we actually start with that. I can't lie. <laughs> I would be triggered. <laughs> Both of the fan base would be, to be fair. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But, um, yeah, actually, I'm going to build up on Lawrence's. I don't think Gary Cahill's going to play. He's not going to play one more game for this club. Maybe at against Leicester, like, for... What is he yeah, number? if top four is gone already, we might as well. So he'll he'll be taken off at minute twenty four against Leicester maybe. But, yeah, get um, standing ovation like a yeah. <laughs> like clap of honor, whatever it's called. <laughs> I mean, he he did post a, uh, a picture on his social media today where he just saw you know this uh, him in. Gym, Look at so. his quad. Yeah, you never know. Um, but I don't think he will. So I think it will be as Andy said, uh, Rudigan Christensen. But otherwise, I'm pretty sure that Zappacosta is going to play. He has played him now in some games, which shows that he will rotate with him. Uh, Alonso as well. I'd say Kepa is a Balaga. So that's the back. Kovacic has to start. I really want Ampadu to start, but that will be preferred choice. I think it will be Barkley. And if he can play Loftus-Cheek, because he has had this Barkley-Loftus-Cheek midfield uh, in the past. doesn't necessarily work too well, but, you know... It, it should do against Kiev. Um, and up front, it's, I, I, I've been really pessimistic what's, uh, you know, in regard to Sari about him uh, lining up Hudson Boy, but this game, it can't. He played him against Malmo and we're 
so far ahead of them. Never. It, he has, I mean, he trusted Hudson Odoi to come on before William yesterday. You know, he made the right substitutions. I can only hope that with these recent improvements, what in regard to him personally, that he will start Hudson Odoi on Thursday because this is the perfect game for him to play. And um, yeah, so William on the left. And then Giroud has to play because I think also he will continue with Giroud because he's like, I think he's the top scorer or joint top Second, scorer. Second, I think, yeah. Second, yeah. So I think he will give him the chance to, you know, uh, compete in that front. So, yeah, um, regarding predicted score, I'd also uh, concur with a 1 0 win uh, from Chelsea's side. Uh, yeah, okay, that's pretty much it regarding the preview for the next game. Um, Lawrence, I just want to say one more thing, what you said. I think keeping players at home is really, really important because Kiev isn't that uh, you know, short of flight. And then we play away at Everton. It's away, right? Yeah. Yeah, that that would be stupid. I, I wouldn't even let them be on the bench. It's... Loftus yeah, for sure. or something like that, fine. And um, if needs be, Higuain, because he should be rested because he hasn't played that much recently. Um, but Hazard, Jorginho, uh, David Luiz, oh, sorry, David Luiz, those kind of players, they have to stay at home. Mm. Um, maybe even To be honest, have... you might as well leave Kepa at home, really, and just play Caballero and take Jamie Cumming for the yeah. bench, just because why not? Mm. Uh, I mm. agree. Yeah, because, I mean, he, he has proven he's... I, I really do want us to... I think we will extend his contract for another year because he's a decent backup goalkeeper. Mm. You know, experienced. It'd be silly not to. Um, yeah, so I think that's about it for our preview of the next game. Um, okay, yeah, so I think we will call it a wrap for today. Um, some interesting points made not necessarily the most uh, optimistic topics to talk about, but had to be done. Uh, I think one last shout that will be uh, given is, of course, Lawrence, uh, as you are, as said, that free agent. Um, we do definitely want to do a plug and give you the opportunity for our uh, loyal but small, uh, small but loyal viewership or listenership to know where to find you. I mean, yeah, like, like he said, free agent now, obviously, on my own YouTube channel, mostly, um, which is called Laval de just my name, basically. Like they said, the link will be down in the description. I just hit 2,000 subscribers earlier today, so that was nice. Um, but if you... <laughs> thank you. Um, but if you do want to subscribe to that, that will be massively appreciated. Obviously, once this um, podcast goes live, we'll be doing a video on my channel tomorrow. We'll link the podcast in that description as well. So whichever way you're coming from, just, like, subscribe wherever you are, basically. Um and yeah, you know, follow the guys on social media. Follow me on social media. And, you know, thank you guys for having me again. Really enjoyed it. It's always a pleasure, Lawrence. I mean, not only because of the Austrian connection, but it's just always a really, really enjoyable conversation with you. Um, great to have you on. We'll do the, this again in the uh, immediate future. Um, right. Yes, of course, as Lawrence said, do follow him on his social media, on Twitter and on YouTube. Subscribe there. For us, um, do please subscribe on our YouTube channel. This video will be uploaded, but of course you can find us on all the uh, normal platforms like Anchor, um, iTunes and Spotify. Uh, do give us a good rating on iTunes. It would be massively appreciated. And that's all from us. Uh, 
all our Twitter handles will be in the link uh, in the description below. And that's all from us for this week. See you next time.